Hello and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 96 today. Wow, almost 200. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, what we usually do is we walk through a grammar point first. Just talk about a piece of grammar relating to the Chinese language. And then we get into all the wonderful comments and emails that we've received from you this week. Just about general miscellaneous Chinese learning things or things on the course or ourselves or yourselves. And then finally, we go through movies. These are scenes that we guide you on creating. We teach you how to create. And we get lots of suggestions uh, for different scenes that you guys have made throughout each week. And some of them are fantastic. Most of them are fantastic, uh, if not all. Uh, but uh, I just thought we'd pick some every week and share them with you. Today's grammar point is all about dai, and dai has many different usages, well, several key usages, and we're going to talk about two of them right now. Uh, you can look up the grammar tags in your Mandarin Blueprint flashcards. If you want to just click on, the, on that tag, you'll see all of the flashcards and sentences that relate to this particular usage. So it's uh, GS, special, that's a grammar structure, special grammar structure. Dai, which is the character, does what, which is what we call a verb, and usage, so basically a kind of usage that we talk about. It's usage as a verb. And then the other one is Dai relator usage. So relator is what we refer to as, uh, is what you refer to rather, as a preposition or jie zi. We just thought the Chinese is so much cooler. Jie is like jie shao, to introduce, to relate someone to something else. Um, so that's kind of what a preposition is, and we think it sounds a bit more, um, a bit more real, real than a preposition does. So, uh, these are the two different usages. Go ahead if, you, if you're on the Mandarin Blueprint Method course. Go ahead and check these tags if you want some more examples. I'm going to choose a bunch of examples today and go through them, uh, which is the best way to pretty much acquire grammar. As long as you understand the characters and words that you're reading, and you're, you can you understand them enough to grasp the message of the sentence you're reading or listening to, and that's how you acquire language. And that's why we've based our, the entire structure of our curriculum on teaching you how to read and feeding you content that you can understand. So all of the sentences that we're going to give you, almost all of them, are directly from the course, from various levels in the course. And at those levels, you can read everything and understand, and even write everything that you will see today. Uh, so the first one we're going to talk about is a very simple usage of dai, which is just its use as a verb. Okay, so here's an example sentence to illustrate this. 他在中国, <laughs> He's in China, or he is in China. So literally, the zai here is just being the uh, in. He is in, to be in China. Very simple. So zai is only used as a verb in very simple sentences when it's literally the only thing that the, that the uh, speaker wants to convey. So is he in China? 他在中国吗? 他在中国. So he's in China. But when we get to more complex sentences, like the next one that I'm about to read you, dai starts to play a, a different role. It plays the role of a relator, a preposition, a jie zi, relating one part of the sentence to the other. So check out this sentence here. He lives in China. 他在中国生活. So the point is that he lives, he shenghuas in China. Uh, so all dai is doing is just being the in. It's just being is located in. So now that we have a longer sentence here, we've added in the word shenghuo. Zai is just a relator or a preposition or a jie zi, whichever we want to call it. 
So he, all, all that it's doing now is just being the in China. It's just relating uh, It's relating the subject to the rest of the sentence. Now with this sentence, the does what or the verb has shifted to 生活, to live. And 在 is merely the preposition or as we like to call it the 介词, the relator, relating the, the verb 生活 to the place, where. So 他在中国生活, he lives in China. So that's the in now. So now that we can see that the structure has gone from host does what guest, he is in China. It's now gone to host, ta, zai plus location, zai zhongguo, and shenghuo, does what, or the verb. So host, zai, ta, zai zhongguo, shenghuo. So that is the new structure that we've got. Let's look at this structure one more time in this third sentence. So in this third sentence, we have 我在台上唱歌. I, as the subject, the host, 在台上, so 在 plus location, and then 唱歌, sing. So I sing on stage. That's how it would be the English translation. Of course, the word order is slightly different. So this sentence here, 我在台上唱歌, I am on stage singing, or I sing on stage. It could actually also be, I was singing on stage. It depends on the situation. So if I'm, so I'm saying, um, what someone's saying, what are you doing right now? I don't know why they would do that, because <laughs> I can just see what I'm doing. Maybe on the phone, right? Say, so, what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm on stage singing. What's that? You know, this is not a good time. Or it could also be, uh, I sing on stage. What do you do for a living? That would be a weird way to say it, but you could say it. Um, but then someone could say, so, what were you doing at 10 o'clock yesterday, like last, last night? You can say, uh, I was singing on stage. Was I Yeah, so maybe you're trying to give an alibi to the police. So, all of these different contexts uh, mean different things, you know, but it depends on the context. Chinese is very contextual. Uh, anyway, so that's like a little side, little tangent for you there. Let's get back to what we were talking about. So, 我在台上唱歌, so that's that same structure. We've got 我, the host, 在台上, 在 plus location, and then 唱歌, the verb afterwards. All right, let's look at sentence number four. 爷爷在门口坐了下来. So, grandpa sat down at the entrance. 在门口, so at, so 在 plus location, 坐了下来. And of course, 爷爷 is the host, the subject of this sentence. Pretty straightforward, right? So there's a reason why we chose, chose 坐 as the final example, because it can be uh, used in another way, which we're going to jump into now. This is sentence 5, and it's also using 坐, but I want you to pay attention to how we're using it in this sentence here. 我坐在桌子上吃饭. I'm sitting at the table eating. So now the word order has changed again, hasn't it? So we've gone from 他在中国生活, so it's gone from host to 在 plus location, then to the does what, the verb. And now we're going to host, movement or location verb, 做, and then 在 location, and then does what. So we've added in a movement or location verb. And this is a structure you'll see specifically for movement or location verbs. Like, here's a list of them, and then it's a non-exhaustive list, there's tons of examples, but 
呃呃坐 or 走 to walk, fang to put, zhan to stand, zhu to live or reside, tu or tu to spit or to vomit. These examples are movement or location dependent. Okay, so zhan, for example, is location. Zuo is、uh, also location, and it could also be movement as well. So、uh, when you see these examples, you can use it in this kind of structure. So let's have a look at the sentence one more time. 我坐在桌子上吃饭 You could also say 我在桌子上吃饭 That's no problem. But we're specifically saying I'm sitting at the table eating. So, and you can add that before the 在 Let's use another example of a,、uh, one of these movement and location verbs being before the 在他吐在地上 You don't have to say 他在地上吐他吐在地上 <laughs> Sorry to use these gross words.、Um, Let's do another sentence with a less gross example. He stood on one side watching us talk. So he stood on one side watching us talk. Okay, so again, stand on. So we've got the stand before the stand. Sit on. Stand on. Sit on. You've got all these different ideas that you can these these different movement location verbs you can put before the stand. And this sentence I really like because it also gives you something another another sort of tool in your toolbox. Which you, some of you may have been wondering up to now. So okay, I understand how to say I sing on stage. 我站在台上唱歌 But how do I say in like I am I am standing on the stage singing? How do you do that continuously? And this is one way you can do it. You use the j. So he stood on one side, or he stands on one side, watching us talk. So you use. 他站在一边看着我们说话。So let's look at one more example sentence from level fifteen of the Mandarin Blueprint method, just to finish this up. One more final example of this movement location verb being put before 在。我们今年住在这边。Now you could also say you can switch around the 今年 the actual time. You could say 今年我们住在这边 or 这边。Yeah, so that's fine. But the jinian must come before the zhu. It must come before the movement and location verb. Okay, one more time. 我们今年住在这边 or 今年我们住在这边 We live here this year. So I hope that was clear for you guys. As usual, if you've got any more questions, get in touch by commenting below or on our email at contact at mandarinblueprint.com or in the MB community, our community forum. If you need any extra help or examples, and don't forget to check those grammar tags if you're on the course,、uh, and just click in your flashcards, and you'll get a ton more example sentences, so you can get more input and acquire these grammar structures. All right, guys, thanks very much. Let's move on. All right, let's jump into the emails and comments we've had from you this week. The first one is from Christina by email, and it's a really nice email, of course.、Uh, she says, "Hi, Phil." Um, thank you. You guys are the best. <laughs> I've been studying on my own on the internet for about a year now. I started out without any real intention to really study Chinese, but one thing, app, site, led to another. Chinese Pod, Scritter, Mandarin Companion, and all their books. Some Yo Yo Chinese, Hacking Chinese, Mandarin Corner, and Everyday Chinese, and various other YouTube channels, etc. And by now, I'm quite determined to continue. Yeah, I bet. I have something like a passive, as in she can't speak, knowledge. Of HSK three to HSK four level, and about fourteen hundred characters on Scritter, 
but most of them only live in Scritter without context and therefore useless. I would say useless is a little bit harsh, but I know what you're saying. I know, I know. I was in a very similar position to you right now, Christina. Uh, I found your site a few days ago when I was looking for pronunciation advice on YouTube. First, just the GTC video, thinking this guy had tips I had not heard from anyone else, and then a bit later, I ended up looking for that British guy's videos again, <laughs> and realized that Mandarin Blueprint is much more than just a YouTube channel. Uh, and now I want to scream, <laughs> how is it possible that I had not heard of you before? <laughs> not necessarily because I regret anything in my learning path so far. Things happen for a reason, and I probably had to follow the, the path I have walked. But I have been around the Chinese learning sites and apps and channels practically every day for a year, not active on any forums, but yes, reading some comments and finding one site after another through them and just searching in Google. When I found your pronunciation course, I just could not believe that there was something so complete and so well done I hadn't even heard of. How is it even <laughs> I love your use of caps, they're fantastic. How is it even possible that I had not found you before? Why isn't everyone in the Chinese learning sphere talking about this? Three question marks and three exclamation marks. Awesome. Uh, and that was just a, just because of the pronunciation course. Now that I've seen there is much more to the blueprint than just that, I then found out that your company is still quite new. So that's maybe is why. Yes. I hope that you will soon get all the attention and internet fame that you deserve because what you are doing is really high quality and different and new. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. Even your American-British accent mix is just perfect for me. I learned my English in the US and American English always will be the real English for me, but li <coughs> uh, but living on the Costa, I'll pretend you didn't say that. Uh, living on the Costa del Sol in Spain, I hear British English daily, uh, and since many of the Chinese in, uh, teaching sites seem to have American origin, it was nice to see that there is someone European around as well. And then get my dose uh, of that real American English as well. <laughs> so thank you in advance. I look forward to bringing the characters and language to life now that I have found your blueprint for how to use it. I found Stephen Krashen's theories thanks to Mandarin Companion and became a great fan because looking back on how I learned my other languages decades ago, native Finnish, almost native level Spanish after 23 years living here, fluent English and decent German and Swedish. I saw that Krashen describes exactly how I learned when I was young, not in class, but outside of class. I'm, and I'm really looking forward to putting these methods, those methods into practice again now with the ultimate challenge of Chinese. Thank you for making that possible. Wishing both of you and your company all the best and looking forward to learning with you. Ah, oh, what a lovely email and a lovely person. Um, and uh, yes, it sounds like you've got a very similar story to myself and lots of other people. I'm glad you found so much success with the method already. I'm it's, it's people like this that I'm really excited to see. If they're this excited after just the pronunciation mastery, what are you going to be? What are you going to be feeling after uh, when you get to level fifty-seven? You know, when you're reading entire stories and shadowing them expertly. Oh, I can't wait to see that and uh, get some gets you some an update from you. So keep keep us updated, Christina. Keep in touch, and it's great to hear from you. All right, the next one here is from Eleanor. Uh, she says, "Characters with alternate meanings and pronunciations." I'm having trouble remembering the alternate meaning and pronunciation for characters like j, which can also mean jiao and also mean zhuo, and hai uh, huan. Do you have a suggested method for handling these? It seems like I could create an additional hands and moving method scene for each of these, but I'm concerned that it might conflict with the primary scene I've created and thus hinder my recollection of that one. 
thoughts. I did also, of course, as we always do, I replied to Eleanor, but I thought this could be uh, useful to other people as well. So uh, I don't. I think that the whole point of the method, uh, the hands and moving method for learning Chinese characters with us, is just to build your base foundation. Twenty percent, approximately, of all common characters like that, that three thousand. So twenty percent at least, so like at least six hundred of those have multiple multiple pronunciations, let alone multiple meanings. Most of them have multiple meanings. Um, they're called doyinzi. They have multiple pronunciations. Now, more often than not, in fact, almost all the time, there's, there's going to be one of these pronunciations is the common one. You know, it's, it's it's much more common than the other pronunciations. So, for example, uh, zhe. Zhe is way more common than zhao or um, zhuo. Zhuo is even less common than that. You know, so there's there's definitely a, a thing. But And hai and huan, like huan qian or huan shou. Yeah. Um, it's complete, it's just not even comparable in terms of frequency. So we just teach you the most common one um, with very few exceptions. And then th that foundation is usually enough for you to just remember the usage. Uh, at least it was for us. So, but if it's giving you trouble, guys, if you're you're finding these doyens or you're getting them wrong a lot, um, but and only like try try doing it without doing this. Try and just just do what I said previously. Just write a note on the back of one of your flashcards for that character. Uh, or an example, you know, maybe copy an example sentence just to remind you every time that character comes up. Oh, by the way, it's also Juan. It's not just Hai. You know, that should be enough just to just to keep that in your memory. And if it's still causing you a lot of trouble, yeah, go and make a separate movie for it. And you know, at this stage, Eleanor and anyone else listening that finds this useful, um, making a separate movie scene, what takes what thirty seconds, and especially if you've already got. You've already, you know, you've got those skills. So, um, I think, yeah, I think uh, as a, as a first port of call, make a note somewhere and just try and just pick it up naturally and just pay attention, focus as you're reading. Um, in fact, something that you get a lot from just reading, uh, not just our content, but if you venture out and if you take your time and do what uh, the people over at AntiMoon.com, I love those guys. Uh, what they they call the pause and think method. Take your time and put in something's like doesn't seem right. So you see, for example, uh, So he still money. You're looking at that. You're like he still money. That doesn't make any sense. You just you pause and you think about it instead of rushing to your dictionary. Pause and think. It's, it's, that is a doyinzi. Yeah, so that's huan means to return, to give back. It's a completely different meaning, different pronunciation, but it's the same character. And you see it there, and then maybe you have audio to follow it as well, hopefully, you wouldn't have that much confusion, but you get the point. And just take your time with it and try and figure it out yourself. The reason why I say try and figure it out yourself, not you know most of the time, is because those moments where you figure it out yourself, they stick with you. It's like a click. Those clicks really stay with you. So um, rather than just saying, oh, I don't get that next. I know we often encourage that. It's not good to focus on what you don't understand. But if you're every now and then you see something like a, what, a character that you're, you, I know this character, but it doesn't make any sense in this context. Why? Have a think about it occasionally. Don't run to your dictionary and see. And, and those clicks will stay with you. So um, Let's say the same thing three times in a row, just to make sure you get it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm just sort of 
I think that should that should be enough. And again, if all else fails, yes, go and make another movie scene, and make your own flashcard for it as well. All right, so the next one here is from Jane in the community. Uh, she says, hello, I love languages and I'm currently learning Italian. I'd hope to say someday learn a non-romance language, one of those big ones like Russian or Chinese. Then recently, everywhere I look, uh, there are YouTube references and Chinese language prompts popping up all over the place, including Mandarin Blueprint. These guys look like they know what they're talking about. I thought, why someday? Why not now? That's a great quote. Why someday? Why not now? So here I am, going all in with the courses and ebooks. It has been lovely to read the forum posts, but they don't mean much to me as I am at the very begin beginning of this experience. So off to do some pronunciation practice slash learning. Consistency is the secret. Best wishes to all of you. Sounds like you got it right. Yeah, uh, either you knew that before or you've been you've got you gleaned that from our ebook slash rapid acquisition crash course or whatever. Yes, it's all about habit. Even if you have terrible methods, which I don't recommend you have, <laughs> but even if you have awful methods, if you if you're consistent, you will get it. You will get it eventually, even if it takes ten years. So well done. And uh, again, Jane, can't wait to hear more from you. Neil Rogers on bonus principle versus reality in Mandarin. <laughs> this is the pronunciation mastery course. He says, wow, Luke and Phil and Annie, I'm hooked. I actually feel confident with this material that I can learn standard Mandarin. I'm not going to rush pronunciation. Good idea. I really like the bite-sized videos and being able to download the bonus material. I'm planning on going to Shanghai and Ningbo in October 2021 to visit friends. Yes. Um, that's a year, just over a year. You can do a lot with our method in a year. So I'm, I'm very excited for you, Neil. And again, keep in touch. Let us know how your progress is progressing. Joseph Glover on bonus, what about N? He just says, I love how the videos are connected to the Anki cards. It helps so much. I'm glad that we decided to do that then. Yes, so uh, in every all of the flashcards, there's, there's, of course, you have flashcards relating to the course content, and then there's a link in the flashcards to open up that specific video. Uh, in case you wanted a quick uh, refresher. So that's I'm glad you found that useful because that took us ages. <laughs> it took a lot of time for, for us to put that in. Uh, okay, good job. So Mike Roberts, uh, Michael, sorry, Roberts on bonus from failure to HSK6 in one, in one year. So this was my, this is from the Rapid Acquisition Crash course, which is a free course. It's about one hour. Uh, it's actually a bunch of videos that, it's some of the best stuff we've ever done, actually. I'm really happy happy with it because it's truly from the heart. It's me and Phil, just, it's mainly me, actually, just unloading my story and my struggles with Chinese and how we came to team up and, uh, you know, we've got in you know how we came to start the Mandarin Blueprint method and all that stuff. Uh, I highly recommend that you guys go and sign up if you haven't already. Um, it's on our website. You can go to the resources section and sign up. It's just an hour, and it's it's, it's very very useful stuff. Uh, he says, uh, "Oh yeah, and this was a video where I was just talking about I was almost giving up to a year later after finding the right methods, um, basically reading and listening through comprehensible input. Uh, I went from that to passing." HSK 6, the highest level reading and writing exam. And that was just amazing to me because because I had all the pieces floating around. Like uh, Christina said at the beginning, I'd, I'd used Chinese for a long time. I had all these thousands of characters and thousands of words just floating around disparate, like just individually. And then after I figured out reading and listening, that's when I started to glue and cement everything together. And the progress was just so quick. 
it was a great it was it was an awesome year um he says what a great story and thank you so much for your trailblazing efforts for those of us following in your footsteps yes we went through the suffering so you guys don't have to i'm looking forward to one day meeting you in person and conversing in chinese cheers michael yes me too that'd be great although i'm planning on leaving china soon um depending on this whole you know, situation with the yeah, the situation that will, will not be named. I just don't want to even give it power by naming it. Uh, but uh, yes, we, you know, hopefully I want to get to England within like a year. That would be nice. Uh, this year, even. Who knows? Not because I don't like China, but it's just that, you know, I've got a baby and everything now and I want to move and be near my family. That's something that I've decided that would be best for my new family. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I well, hope to catch you before I leave or maybe I'll catch you in England one day. Uh, Andrew Clapham on the Phase 3 Blueprint expansions. Uh, so pumped. I trusted you guys with the decision of what I should learn and in what order. And I can tell that it's totally paying off. Thank you for doing that, Andrew. All those years of you guys studying and making mistakes. Another one. <laughs> We're benefiting, benefiting from that learning right now. Thanks. Yes. Yes, again, we went through the pain. You see these wrinkles? Um, that's all for you. So well done, Andrew. Thank you, mate. Uh, Rick Santos and problem initial C. He says, very, very good to teach us the technique breaking the syllable into parts. So, uh, yes, so if anyone else struggles with the C uh, pronunciation or the CI specifically, um, it's the explosive like tires being popped, and then the voice comes in second. That's this two different sounds. Obviously, you don't say it that slowly, so it's more like tss, but if you slowed it down, that's what it sounds like. So I'm glad you appreciated that, Rick. Thank you. Uh, Babes Gutierrez on You Did It. So this is the final lesson on, um, on the Pronunciation Mastery course. It's just saying, well done, you did it, you finished it. And she says, not enough words can truly describe how grateful I am to Luke and Phil for making this course available to us. I like the idea of do not push yourself to speak. Awesome piece of advice. Definitely do the entire Mandarin Blueprint Method. <clears throat> Amazing course. Thank you very much. And yet, remember though, don't, don't neglect speaking. It's just that don't pressure yourself to do it either. It's all about enjoying yourself. Um, but don't expect to speak fluently without a lot, a lot, a lot of speaking practice, okay? Uh, listening and reading and following our course gives you the tools and the ability to one day speak fluently for sure. Uh, but you need to get onto a teacher or a language exchange partner or, you know, speak to people around you um, from day one if you can, you know, uh, but just don't force yourself, pressure yourself. Say, oh, I'm not speaking enough. I'm rubbish. No, don't worry about that. You know, the, the, you know, I'd, I don't know the percentage. I would, if I was going to base it on a percentage, I would say maybe 75% of your results come from what you read and absorb and listen to. Uh, and 25% comes from what you, you speak. Um, I think I've said like 80%, 90% in the past, but it's all, you know what I mean? Most of your uh, results come from input. Great. All right, next, John Morrison on new vocabulary unlocked, which means why in Chinese. Uh, yes, John says, um, now this is what I'm talking about. I can read and write these words. I'm moving closer and closer to my ultimate goal. Had a great interview with John, actually. Um, sorry, mate, it's taken me like, I got delayed and it's taken me like weeks to put it out, but it's, it should be out. 
about the same time as this podcast, if not just a little bit later. So you guys check that out. Keep an eye out on our YouTube channel and our podcast uh, channel for uh, for my chat with John there. Uh, great guy. So next, Alex Sumray on Ankydex Inside. Now let's look at how solid that foundation is. So it's a bit of a weird title, I know, but this is the final lesson on the foundation course. So the, the Mandarin Movement Method is split into three main sections, if you like, uh, and six phases. So it can be a bit confusing. So the first is pre-phase, and that's the first sort of course. It's pronunciation mastery. It's the pre-phase. And then we have the foundation course, which is the remaining phases, phases one, two, three, four, and five. In foundation, that's level, I've got a little fly running around here. Come here. Uh, so we've got the foundation course, uh, which is levels one to 36. And by the time you finish that, you have a thousand words under your belt. The thousand most common words, we, we've, we've chosen them for you. And of and 600 characters make up those thousand words. And then, of course, we have levels 37 to 57, which are much bigger levels, by the way. And that is the that is the intermediate course, which comes afterwards. And of course, you access everything with any subscription, whether it's a monthly or an annual. And Alex has finished the foundation. And I feel like Alex has not been with us for very long at all. I think he smashed through. I don't know exactly, but I think he's done very well. So he's finished level 36 and, 36 and he's smashed. So he's got a foundation now and he can build upon that with the next course. He just says, can't thank you both enough. I've never experienced a course like this really. It's given me the belief that Chinese fluency is an attainable goal. Okay, with another thousand characters at least to go and a ton more listening, reading and speaking practice, but the blueprint has demystified what was once rather heavily missed it. <laughs> now, I now plan to give myself a few days of solely revising what we've learned here before diving into the intermediate. Bring it 90%, 94% actually, uh, by coverage. I plan to work my way through it at a much more leisurely pace, however, one, to allow me time to practice these other elements of the language, and two, to keep me sane and maybe give me a little extra time to spend with the family though that may soon get tiresome, in which case I can just up my workload once more. Thanks again, Alex. Yeah, I think you deserve a, a bit of a celebration as well, you know, however you like to celebrate. Um, and yeah, if you want to take a few days just to make sure your Anki, uh, your flashcards are in order and you're, you're all caught up there and you've, yeah, that's fine. No need, to t no need to wait too long though. You know, the intermediate is just more of the same. It's more of the same. The next one here is from TJ Chernick on another making movie and he just says, I'm surprised with how well hearing others' stories can help finesse mine a bit when I'm struggling. Even when all the props are different, just hearing how people wrap their brains around an obscure topic really helps. Yes, the course has run away with itself. It's become living. It's an organic course now, and people are making it better and better every day with their comments. It's probably for just a, you know the, the random average person that joined up and, and started learning characters through us, it's probably 10 times easier than it was a year ago because there's just so much content there now. So thank you. Keep those coming, guys. Please, please, please. Uh, John, Jonathan Glazier, he says, he asked a question which I thought was, was interesting because he says, you just asked, what's a good number of characters to learn a day? And it, it's, it's like how long is a piece of string, right? But it's, it's kind of, I think, minimum one. That's what I would say to everyone joining the course. 
I'd say minimum one per day. And that's it. Anything above that is gravy. Anything above that is just bonus. Some people, when they get good at it, they're learning 20, 30, 40, 50, even 100 a day. That's what Rosanne was doing. He mentioned that to me. Again, another interview you guys should check out. It's a really good one. Uh, Rosanne got to level 50, finished the whole thing in, in its current form. Uh, and it, by the end of it, he was doing like 100 characters a day, which is me and Phil were doing that too towards the end. Because when you see that finish line, you're just like, ah, expect now he forgot probably 20%, 30% of them. Um, had to like, you know, go and fix the movie scenes in his head. But still, it's very impressive. So yeah, at least one is my answer to that. Uh, Benjamin Reese on New Vocabulary Unlocked for Zong Suan. And this is so cool. And I checked this out. Um, I really like this. So he said, if anyone is a Simpsons fan, I find it really helpful to use the Frinkiac meme generator to help me remember these compound words. And I was like, what the heck, the Frinkiac? So I go and search for it. And it's this website, where Frink, you know, Frink, the, the weird sort of scientist guy from Simpsons, back when it used to be, you know, good and stuff. So you search for a keyword, and then it comes up with a GIF from an actual Simpsons episode relating to that keyword. It was genius, and I, I checked it out, and I, I, I liked it. And uh, he says, I think of a particular scene, object, or phrase that occurs in The Simpsons, and use the Frinky Act to find a picture of the scene, or a GIF. You can download it as a GIF, and you can put GIFs into your flashcards. You have a GIF relating to your keyword. Uh, for this particular one, Zong Suan. Zong Suan means at last, or finally. He says, I have a picture of Homer's nuts and gum together at last. And I know, like, yeah, like for, for any of you that are below the age of 25, 30, you probably don't see The Simpsons as very good, and it's not now, but it used to be amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, when it's in its first, like, 10 years of, of, of showing. And I was looking at and all of these clips and GIFs and stuff. They're all from, like, the older episodes. They were the hilarious ones. It's a fantastic idea. So thank you very much for that, Benjamin. That's a great idea. Uh, and this is what I'm talking about, guys. If you, this, is, this makes the course better, by the way. This, this kind of, not just, yeah, movies are fantastic. We love that. But like just general tips, tools, resources that you see elsewhere. How can you use the Mandarin Blueprint Method better, in your opinion? How can you make it better? Let us know. Send a message. Make a comment. We read everything, and we take everything seriously. Uh, so that, that's great. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to... That could, that could definitely be something that I would suggest uh, going forward for the course. Next is Christopher Weeks on nasal final EN quiz. He says, un, un, grunt of agreement, and un, to press, e.g. a button. Are they pronounced the same way? Is The answer for this is true, right? That's which is true, right? At the moment, it marks false as the correct answer. Okay, well, I'll check out the quiz. I'm not sure, uh, but I know that un, <laughs> are not pronounced the same actually and I, I do i do i don't point this out clearly enough maybe in the video but i do pronounce both and they are pronounced differently so if you want to agree with someone in chinese it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, i love it it's great it's just it's so lazy but it sounds fine to chinese people uh, say, uh. Uh, but to un so to un something is to like to hold someone down to unju or to un like press a button you pronounce the N at the end. Why? Don't know why. <laughs> Just the way they do it. Next is Rick Santos. He says, and this is a very interesting one because I have the same, I had the same problem and a lot of people have this problem. 
He says, I hear the NG ever so slightly um, with native speakers. Uh, in fact, with the Annie review, I hear pinyin as ping yin, ping yin, ping yin, and jin tian as jing tian. It might be that something is wrong with my ears. <laughs> but as you said, I would just keep these in mind. No, I, in my opinion, there's these things called minimal pairs in, in language, right? Not just Chinese, but things that sound similar, like, uh, but are different. So, like, for, for example, I don't know for the equivalent for English, but it would be like, uh, the, like for example, zi and zhi, like Z-I and Z-H-I. So they sound similar, I guess, you know. In my opinion, this is the most difficult minimal pair. The NG or the N. Pinyin, pinyin. You know, is it NG or is it a N? And it is true that when you develop a better vocabulary, this sorts out most things because you know the vocabulary that it's likely to be in that context. So someone's obviously not saying pinyin because that doesn't exist, right? That's just nothing that I've ever heard of. What is pinyin? It must be pinyin, pinyin. It must be because there's no pinyin in, that exists in the language. So I know that because I have a vocabulary of thousands of words and I can just, I can just my brain automatically knows. I have never heard ping, P-I-N-G, and then yin, Y-I-N, next to each other. So, so that helps and that solves most issues. Is, is just keep working on that vocabulary. Funnily enough, that just sorts the mineral pair thing out. Um, but there's also, uh, this is also listen for the y. So if if you hear like a ping, ping, like a ying, 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 sort of like goofy from Disney, you know, you know, you hear that ping, ping, then it's definitely the NG, okay? Because there's no, you don't have that y sound in the IN. All right, so there's all these different tips and tricks you can pick up, but essentially it's all down to practice, exposure, and building that vocabulary. Next one is from Dom Thompson. Uh, again, another interesting little thing where he says vocab unlocked from ching ching or ching. All right, so or ching. Uh, so it literally, this this character has a few different meanings. It means like clear, as in water. Um, but in this sentence, the example sentence uh, from I don't know what level this is, but it's used in a very interesting way. It says, uh, this seems means more like clear away. No, it doesn't. It means count. I know it seems weird. Uh, so, ting yi ting actually means to count, but only when it's used in that way. Ting yi ting, ting yi ting. Uh, or you can say ting dan, or ting, uh, is it ting dan? Ting dan. I can't remember the word off the top of my head now. There's like a ting dang. Wait a second. Yes, yeah, so, sorry, I just uh, had, had to look that up quickly because I, I just couldn't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, so you can use ting as in like to settle an account, like zhang uh, ting uh, lama. You know, is, is, is the zhang the account? Is it tinged? <laughs> if you ting the account, zhang ting lama. So is, is the account settled? So you would, it does have that feel to it. It does have that usage. But in this particular type of here, ting yi ting, you can also say like, uh, there's another example sentence, ting yi ting xing li de jian shu. So just, Count the luggage, count the uh, the suitcases that we have. Ting ting. It's very interesting. Very, you know, it's not that common, I suppose, but it is used. Um, different usage of uh, ting there. William Beeman on Make a Movie for Yu. Uh, he says, I got curious about the distribution of tones in Mandarin. 
it seemed that a large number of the tones we've been using are fourth tones. So I looked up some research. At least one researcher on the website, ResearchGate, suggests the following, but still had questions. I've developed some very general data, e.g. tone one occurs around 18% of the time, tones two and three slightly higher than tone one. Hmm. Tone four occurs more than 40% of the time, and the neutral fifth tone is relatively low. But I'd like to obtain more detailed data and also theories as to how experts view tones in probability. If this style can even be accomplished. Uh, and then he says something I don't really understand. <laughs> but still, I think, uh, I, I, I think that's just an interesting little tidbit for you guys. Did you know, now you can say, did you know the fourth tone is used greater than 40% of the time, according to this one ghost paper? But yeah, just thought I'd add that in for you guys. So thank you, uh, William. I'm, I'm quite interested. I'm intrigued. Let me know if you find anything. I love those sorts of tidbits about the language. Next one is from uh, Aladdin Far, Far, Aladdin, Aladdin. Sorry, on oh, Compound Final AI, it says, uh, "Why does 你爱不爱我 is 你爱不爱我 and not 你爱不爱我?" So why basically is "不" here a fifth tone? And uh, don't worry about why; <laughs> it just is, right? But basically, when "不" is between two words, like in quick succession, it it's usually comes out as a fifth tone. It's purely how people speak, and it's purely for comfort of speaking, just to make speaking easy. It's just harder to say. Yeah, so it's just a habit that people pick up. Just like we say, I don't know, I don't know. Like in English, instead of I don't know the answer to that question, we say I don't know the answer. That's just how we do things, right? Um, so yeah, that's about it. Catherine Nixon on how to make uh, sorry uh, how to make a movie, which this is right at the beginning of the course. She says, "Hi, I have an unusual condition where I cannot remember faces. Any suggestions on how I can adapt the method?" I don't know if this has got a different name, but I, this has come up a bunch of times. Obviously, it's called aphantasia. It's basically when you have difficult difficulty remembering uh, uh, visual uh, visualization. Sorry, the visualization is very difficult for you. Now, of course, like as with everything, there's a spectrum to it. So some people cannot. It's just black. They cannot. They cannot uh, imagine anything visually at all. It's just purely. They're essentially blind in the, in their memory. Okay, or their mind in their imagination is blind. Um, and then, of course, there's just people like yourself who can't quite remember faces. And then there's people that can't remember anything in color. It's very interesting. There's lots of different levels to it. But there's always a way around it because people with aphantasia of any level always have memories still. They still remember their mother uh, their first kiss, they still have all these different memories. It's just that they rely, just like blind people, they rely on other senses in their memory. Now, you've actually got a very light form of this. In fact, I think I might have this too, because I, I hardly ever remember faces when I was doing this. But you've got so much you can work with there. You've got clothing, you've got gestures, you've got, of course, you've got smell and touch and sound, all the other major senses. But even visually, you have color, you have um, heat, you have all these, you know, that's not, that's not visually, <laughs> but you get, um, you, you can see color, brightness, like dimness, um, all these different things that you can rely on. So actually, remembering faces is not a big deal at all. If you, as long as you can recognize the person by how they're dressed and their mannerisms and their speech, you'll be absolutely fine.
Uh, great. So that is the last comment this week that we've had, or the email. Uh, now let's jump into the movies. So the first movie is from Dennis Aganin, and it's from uh, it's for make a movie for Xing. Uh, says this is a character that means Xing as in Xingku, Xingku as in like difficult, hard labor, right? Xingku la. Oh, by the way, use that a lot. Anytime any of your life, you've got Chinese girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband. Uh, friend, someone does something for you, always just say sing la ah, sing la ah, add a little ah on the end for for sweetness. It goes a long way. My actress is standing outside of my scene in front of an empty vase. That's the top component, prop rather. She uses a big syringe, that's the cross at the bottom, to pierce the asphalt under her feet. Interesting. Extracts a little bit of water and then puts inside the vase, I guess like upwards, or it doesn't really matter. I, get, I just like down, it doesn't matter. Um, she does that a few times. Uh, yeah, that would be very strenuous, right? She does that a few times as she wipes the sweat off her, uh, wipes, wipes off her sweat, catching a break from the hard labor. That's what the meaning of the character is. Very simple, straightforward, and I really like that one. Next one is Dom Thompson on Make a Movie for Hai, which means ocean. Alexander Hamilton in my old office. Marge Simpson is walking through with a sniper dot on her forehead. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Alexander, yeah, Alexander Hamilton sees this and squirts a giant water bottle at her with tremendous force. So that's the water component, the three dots on the left. Marge is knocked across the room and saved from the sniper shot, but there is so much water that the whole room immediately fills up. Marge and Hamilton are flailing about in the middle of a rough sea. So I guess sniper dot, yeah, is the may component that represents uh, the, the right side component. And I can imagine why, but uh, I'm just guessing. But yeah, that's uh, very, again, very simple. And uh, what Dom likes to do, a lot of people are now doing this, is thinking of the Kodak moment. So you have that idea of basically a snapshot that represents everything. It represents the keyword, got the actor. Um, oh wait, Marge Simpson, maybe she's the, sorry, maybe Marge Simpson is the right side component. Sorry, I'm getting confused. But the, the point is you can see everything um, in one scene there, in one picture. You don't need to imagine three steps because you might forget one of the steps. So just take a note out of that and definitely apply that to your own scenes. Next here is Dom Thompson again on Yuan. So that means source, as in the source of a, you know, a water source, for example. Barack Obama is in the kitchen closely inspecting a, walk, a water bottle. Something tastes funny about it, so he wants to know the source of this water. He closely examines the picture of the label, on the label, sorry. The camera zooms in to the idyllic garden scene, follows a stream that winds up through the hills. At the top of the stream is an image of a man wearing just a fig leaf. As the fig leaf drips into the stream, Barack understands the true source of this water and is horrified. Adam was peeing in the water. Is that what that means? I'm pretty sure that's what that means. But uh, that is fantastic. 
yeah, so I, I see what you mean. You've got fig leaf or Adam or just the fig leaf is uh, the right side component and the water bottle is the left side component again. Great job. Della on Make a Movie for which means number five. The Olsen twins are in my childhood home living room and it is their birthday. They have lots of friends over and there is a horsehead pinata hanging from the ceiling. They are taking turns trying to hit the pinata and release all the candy inside. They are only allowed five hits with the stick each time to break the pinata. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, my turn. Sorry. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, my turn. The stick is handed over and then one, two, three, four, five. That works for me, you know, like usually we say, oh, find, is, is that something that people do with pinatas? Is it like a five hit thing? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But uh, the idea is that you pick something that clearly is, is only comes in fives or fours or tens, depending on what number you're trying to learn. And then you use that. But I think that that beat one, two, three, four, five, you know, it's, it, I think that will work. It's just a beat because it's like a, a good number of beats. So I think that should be enough. Well done, Della. And then finally today we have George on Make a Movie for Chang, which means factory. I just really like this idea. I don't think he's gone through the whole movie. Let's see. But I just like the idea of this. Uh, it says Charlie Chaplin, the movie Modern Times. He works in a factory like a gear in a big machine, uh, stapling razor blades that they can be forged into a samurai sword. So again, that's the two props, the components of this character. You've got a razor blade at the top, and then you've got a samurai sword on the left. That's the two props, that's quite clever. Of course, with all these noises, and especially the smell you have on a metal working factory shop floor, I can only guess as to what that would smell like, but if you know, that's all the better. But the noises would be enough for you so I, I just really like that and it's a nice personal touch and of course I've never seen any full Charlie Chaplin movie all the way through I've only ever seen bits of it but uh, if you're you know if you understand that movie and you, you, you know it well it's going to work wonders for you so well done George and well done everyone today thank you very much again for your input your emails your comments keep them coming please any questions you want to ask Phil and I directly, contact at mandarinbluebeam.com. If you've listened to this entire podcast and you're not on the course, go and try it out because you're curious enough. You get to listen to us for about, I don't know, 50 million hours, <laughs> just like us in videos, and you will learn how to read, write, speak, and understand Chinese faster than any other method that's out there. So start your seven-day free trial today. And if you are on the course, Thanks, guys, and uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.